0: Stone on air coming up.
1: Completely unsanctioned by the church.
0: Stone on air. Whatever. Let's just do this. Stone on air. That's exactly what I wanted to hear.
2: Give human beings opportunity and you'll be absolutely shocked with what people do with it.
0: Stone on air coming up.
2: Stone on air. All right. Hey everybody. It is time for the stone on air podcast recorded live to take today down at the first Tennessee pavilion. Just ahead of the CFC Atlanta United Friendly. Tim Kelly joins me. Ernie Dempsey joins me. And a friend of mine, John View, joins me here in just a minute as well. Recording it out of order as seems to be normal recently. This is the Stone On Air podcast for February 11th, 2017. I really need to say it, you know what I'm going to say here.
0: Mine, a it up threw it away. Mine, a
2: so recording these things live to tape, right. which just means, you know, dumping it into a computer audio editing software really not all that complicated it does take a lot of moving parts and a lot of things have to go right but you don't have to do it in order you can do it however you want to do it and in a setting like this which is pretty festive and a lot of people hanging out doing stuff and you never know exactly who's going to be available at what time here in a couple of minutes they're about to do the uh, the, the big drum um circle, I guess is the best way I can describe it, where all the hooligans get together and they and they bang on cowbells and drums and whatever, you know, noisemakers they have and chant and hoot and holler. It's, a, it's pretty fun to see, um, except it's going to happen one foot away from where I'm recording this. So it's not going to translate all that well, uh, as you might imagine. So there's John. Grab yourself a seat. So real quick, last night I was... Stumbling around watching on TV, and it is this, this this TV channel HLN, I guess it's like Headline News. It's I think is what it stands for. Well, they got this show called How It Really Happened, and it really wasn't all that good from a, a narration standpoint, but it, the production was pretty good. And it started with OJ, so Jesus, of course, I got to watch some OJ stuff. And then the next one was Prince. It's like God. Well, I guess I'll watch this one too. Then the next one was the Menendez brothers. I forgot all about that wacky thing. So for like four hours I'm watching HLN network. Um, it was not my finest uh, choosing of programming for the night, but that's how it ended up. And a real quick thing to everybody out there on Twitter, if you're an individual out there or if you're especially if you're an organization, liking things on Twitter doesn't do anything for anybody. It doesn't help anything other than I guess somebody's self-esteem, I'm not sure. I don't care retweets that's where the money is so guess what happens if i the, the, the dead deads retweet me like they did yesterday i get activity all day long all day long so thank you dead deads and guess what the chattanooga pulse did they liked it wow and then got nothing out of that no traffic after that you're doing twitter wrong when someone puts out a a promotional style tweet you freaking retweet it no reason to like it it doesn't do anybody any good There's a television show that everybody loves and everybody's watched forever, and it irritates the hell out of me, and it's getting worse. And my friend John's here to help me try to figure this out on the Stone's Throw segment.
1: Heads up. It's Stone's Throw.
2: Wait, What? Oh, whoa. Back up the truck. What are you talking about? Is technology making us mentally ill? Look at me. I'm stupid. I can't do math. This is not making sense to the young adult anymore, and they're tired of it. Does that satisfy you? Are you satisfied now? All right, so what show am I talking about? First of all, John Bu. Hello. Nice hey, to see you. Hey, how's it going, everybody? Uh, school in Knoxville, all around good dude, I soccer like fan, so. stuff like that. Uh, get a little bit closer on that mic. So there's this show. The show is Jeopardy.
1: Right? Oh, yes, yeah, my favorite show. Now,
2: John's a, 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 a trivia guy. I'm a trivia guy. He's much smarter than me. He's much better at it than me, but that doesn't mean I still don't enjoy it. Um, but Jeopardy! is starting to irritate me. And it always has. It's getting worse, though. I don't like to watch it anymore. Um, and for, before I get to that, I'm going to s- ask you a question that, that leads to that. So often I'll, I'll hear people talk about um, whether questions are difficult or not. This huh. is in any setting. All right. Any trivia setting or, or in a game show, whatever. Is that question difficult? Well, in the second half of the show, the questions get, quote-unquote, harder.
1: They are double jeopardy, yeah.
2: How do you determine the difficulty of a trivia question? Just because you know the answer doesn't mean it's an easy question. And just because you don't know the answer doesn't mean that it's a difficult question.
1: I honestly think part tri- of it is the phrasing, so they, they, they give you little hints within the, the question or say, at, I, within the answer, out, if you will.
2: Outside of Jeopardy, we'll outside. come back. That's part of what I'm talking about. We'll come back to that. I just mean in general. If someone says, here's the list of questions that are difficult, and here's a list of questions that are not as difficult, who are you to tell me what is or isn't difficult? What isn't everybody's perception of, of simplicity or the level of difficulty based on their knowledge... I mean, is there not not so many variables that you just can't broadly say that double Jeopardy is more difficult questions?
1: Well, I figure it's just a bunch of dudes in a room, and if half the dudes know, then it's single Jeopardy, and if only a quarter (laughs) of the dudes know, it's double. I hope it's more
2: more sophisticated than that. I don't think it's more scientific than that, no. But but, but every time I hear, oh, man, all these questions later are much harder,
1: how do you determine that? How do you determine that? It's a legitimate question. I, I, I think that's a legitimate question. I mean, and the final Jeopardy question is very rarely the hardest question of the day, so...
2: All right. Well, let me get back into the Jeopardy questions. Now, as we all know, it's it's a backwards system. Yes. Here's the answer. You get the question. Well, my biggest issue is is that sometimes it works out, but a lot of times it it doesn't. Abraham Lincoln. He's what president of the United States was? He was sixteen. 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 Okay. The answer of the question. Who is Abraham Lincoln? Okay. The answer is the 16th president of the United States. Sure. It's not this long paragraph that they make up that's not the answer well, to that, that question.
1: But, but that's part of the fun. That's what I was trying to say. I, I think the phrasing of the questions get a little more difficult for double jeopardy, because that's what I was saying. They, they embed the, the question, if you will, uh, into the answer. So even if you know nothing about the subject, like I'm terrible at opera, I know nothing about opera. It, it gives you guessing points. Exactly. So they'll they'll give you a hint. they will say this Italian dude or this whatever, and so it's like context clues. Via the context clues, you can get the answer. So when I'm watching Jeopardy, I very rarely actually know the answer straight out, but yeah, with but that's because the clues, answer isn't the same way the question's asked. I mean, oh, excuse me, I don't rarely know the question. You're right. Whatever.
2: It's just irritating me, man. I see these, and then sometimes they they're very simple. No, like there's some of the easiest oh, yeah, questions, absolutely. and so I get it. It's a, it's a, it's a brain buster, well, you know. you have got
1: to have people watch, and if you know the average American might not be uh, as intelligent as the average uh, Jeopardy contestant, so you gotta, you gotta throw some softballs out there.
2: Yeah, well, I just don't, I don't know. I, I'm the literal police sometimes. Yeah. So that's it. That's why I was thinking we talk Jeopardy for a minute.
1: All right. Hey, I mean, I'm a finalist for Sports Jeopardy
2: oh yeah, yeah. on mbc
1: sports, sports yeah. network little, little dan patrick action there all right well, they haven't have hollered at me but i've got another i think 12 months in the tank so
2: i heard you can hear this put some cranberries in here just for you
1: very nice i can handle that
2: <laughs> john you just a buddy of mine just chatting that's all i've been doing all day is just talking to people <laughs> about whatever uh i don't know if it's entertaining the masses or not i don't know there's i enjoy it. a few dozens of you out there probably it is the most listened to downloaded the easiest accessible podcast in the city of Chattanooga off to watch some soccer might even record that secret internet only segment coming up here in just a little bit thanks John be right back with Ernie Dempsey and then Tim Kelly
0: now back to more Stone on Air psychological torment Stone on Air Captain America said you gotta be like me or you gonna wind up With the Stone on air
2: podcast recording live to tape down at the First Tennessee Pavilion before the friendly, as they call them, match between CFC and Atlanta United. I'll introduce my guest in a second. Do you know who this is? Were you listening to? No, but I like it. It's your favorite band,
0: Mo. Mo. Wow. You know what, if they didn't play the same song for two hours, I might be into them if they, just, if they would mix it in like stuff like this.
2: My guess is Ernie Dempsey, local author, uh, educator, f- former lead singer. I guess not former, the band Soul Crush. And, I mean, you just don't really play anymore, but you guys didn't quit forever and ever and ever, no, I don't we, guess, right? you never
0: know. Just like the Eagles said, when, when Hell, Hell, Hell Freezes, freezes is Over, maybe we'll do another Hell show. Hell Freezes Over all the time, it appears. Yeah. Except here, where it seems to be spring perpetually all year, year. <laughs> long, yeah, yeah,
2: it's 65 degrees down here. Um, pretty impressive trek by the Atlanta team that doesn't have a team until today. Yeah, do you had you have an MLS team. That you, you
0: know, I always rooted for the Seattle Sounders because of uh, growing up as a kid. I love the Atlanta Falcons and the Seattle Seahawks, and that just Atlanta didn't have a team in MLS, so I went with Sounders. But once they start after today. I'm gonna be well, yeah, to MLS. that man, the
2: CFC or or nothing uh, around these parts, and I have Ernie on just because we he's down here all the time, big soccer sports fan all the way around. Um, one of the reasons I, I wanted to talk to you more specifically though was yeah. we're just we're not quite a week removed <laughs> from the Super Bowl, and, yes. and if if you're listening to this, you know what happened. We don't need to, you know, you spent a week. We've all heard how the, the Falcons lost it in heartbreaking fashion, but you were there. Yeah, you went to Houston. Yeah, from the time they won the NFC Championship. Which was two weeks before. How long to you decided, or had you already thought beforehand? I'm going no matter what to Houston.
0: No, we started talking about it when, in fact, I told uh, I told friends of mine at the at the end of the regular season, I said, "Get ready to to you know save up for Houston because this team is this team is really really good. They are, and uh, you know they reminded. So me, you were thinking about it, but yeah, a lot. Yeah, no, I had one of my credit cards cleared off <laughs> specifically for that. Whole Waiting trip. for the
2: swipe. Yeah. well because I, I mentioned in a text uh, the exchange between a handful of us that you're the most confident Falcons fan mm-hmm. I have ever seen in in, in action on social media or, or whatever and but you and you responded saying this is different yeah and and I', I I'm not a a Falcons fan but I follow Atlanta sports and mm-hmm. I th- I was in agreement with you yeah it that was, it, that it was
0: different it was definitely different and it's like and you know this you've seen Atlanta teams fold. Like especially the Braves and and then in the '80s the Hawks, Hawks oh. uh, choked away you know big games and um, I mean Georgia doesn't
2: so, quite count as Atlanta but they're close they, yeah,
0: and I'm not a Georgia fan so I don't really, but I'm a Tennessee fan and I watch them do it so yeah. it's like both of those teams do that so but yeah you know what this team just at the end of the season it felt like man they are just really really good and I don't think anybody can stop them and even the Patriots I mean. Yeah, we scored one defensive touchdown, but, I mean, to, to put up 21 points in a small amount of time against that defense was it was awesome. And you could see for a little while there why, why we were so confident. We were just like, this isn't the typical typical Atlanta team. It I was, still
2: would have been I, – it wouldn't have mattered to me because some of those Braves teams back in the day, even though they played some damn good teams that they lost to, a lot yeah, of those yeah. those playoff runs they lost, they lost to a much better team. Yeah. um later in the 90s and the early 2000s but I still would've been terrified. I still yeah. after the history of that city, oh, yeah. that damn city and their sports. Uh, so you're at you're in Houston and I could tell from some of your social media posts it looked like Atlanta was represented pretty well.
0: Yeah, it was in in the, and at the tailgate I was blown away. We pulled in and there were Falcons flags everywhere and uh, it was when I said to people it's like 10 to 1 Atlanta to Patriots fans at the tailgate it legitimately was. I wasn't I wasn't exaggerating. And uh, inside, it was two-to-one Patriots fans about that ratio because, you know, up up in the Northeast, there's more money, and the Falcons fans, we tend to... Like kind of scrape by, and so it's so the uh,
2: the uh, the outskirts was just Atlanta red. Oh, those those scumbags
0: from up north (laughs) northeast. That's right. They
2: just come to. I mean, they they do this every other couple of years. Yeah. Well, you you
0: know, it's funny that we you you touch on that because you know, like there's uh, there was a lot of media talking about how Atlanta sports fans are are not. Atlanta's not a sports city. I I was gonna go. I was gonna go there. Go ahead. Well, here's my thing, and I said this on uh, on a. I, it wasn't a Boston Globe article, but it was another uh, Dan thing just similar uh, to what that. What was his
2: name? I know exactly which article you're talking about. But I,
0: I, I posted on it and I said, you know, they were they were criticizing Atlanta fans, and I said, you know what? It must be nice to have had the Celtics and Bruins winning 27 titles when there were only eight teams in their leagues, respectively. <laughs> you know, and so then you look back on this false tradition that you've got, and then you've got the Red Sox back in. Oh yeah, you guys were awesome until 1918, and then for 80 years you were terrible. Like, don't don't criticize of all cities to criticize Atlanta sports cities. Boston should know better. Well, yeah.
2: they've had a long they've had a decade and a half to uh, to, to to really uh, rack up those oh, rings yeah, and yeah. trophies, and so then they're a oh, bunch sure. of arrogant pricks anyway. <laughs> um, kind of like Cubs fans, but <laughs> Atlanta, which I could go on Cubs fans for for don't, hours. Don't don't tell Nikki, but. Um, I, I've, I've been so Linda Cohn From ESPN I don't know how much You pay attention To who says what She's yeah. been Bagging on Atlanta fans For 25 years yeah. I love Mike uh, Not Mike Tirico, Um He's good too uh, Why am I blanking On the show I watch every single day Pardon the interruption Will Bond yeah, yeah, Will, Will Bond be. Hates Kills Every minute of the day He hates uh, Atlanta And their fans yeah. And it's just not true to say that there's not a huge fan base for their pro teams. No, it's just a different kind of city, yep. and people don't understand that. It's the hub of the South. It's the, it's mm-hmm. the it's the capital of the South, and there's oh these you know Cubs fans go to the the, the Braves game or the um, Denver fans go to the Falcons game or whatever. Mm-hmm. Like oh they travel well. No. Yeah dip spits they already live there yeah it's it, just a different kind of city
0: you're so right and it's a forward it's atlanta it's so funny because they call us backwards in the south but atlanta's such a forward moving city and it's uh it, nobody says hey, i'm moving to chicago to get a job up there yeah nobody goes you get the hell even out of new, chicago. even new york it's like only the actors and the writers move up there it, like nobody's moving up to the northern cities for jobs they're moving to Atlanta for the for the jobs because that's where the corporations have moved and so yeah you go to a Braves game against the Red Sox in the middle of June and all it's like 40-60 split and it looks like well Braves fans don't turn out well yeah i mean a we don't have that heritage that you have with 8000 trophies and then b you know like there's a lot of people from the north and the northeast that have moved down here. So. It's
2: just not. It's just not fair, and it happens every single year. And it's not true. More than the fact yeah. it's not fair, it's just not true. Yeah. Uh, Ernie Dempsey, with me here. I'm going to wrap this thing up here and talk
0: to Tim Kelly in a minute. Um, yeah. Kick you, me off. Tim's more important than what, I am,
2: what, at least today. What do you uh, What do you got going out there? I know you've got some uh, some publications out there that you'd like to probably let people know about. Send them where you want them to go.
0: Yeah, I didn't even think about that, but yeah, you can. Uh, my my novels are on ernestdempsey.net, and um, you know they're on Amazon, Barnes and Noble, Kobo, all those things. And I've got another a new novel called The Denali Deception coming out next month so I'm like fascinated three. with
2: how you are profiting from this and yeah. making, I
0: mean I'm it's impressed. my full, it's my full-time career is just right I mean it's
2: it's 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 affording you to go to the freaking Super Bowl
0: well to be fair my publisher paid for that uh, even better I'm my own publisher yeah so. there you go
2: uh, <laughs> real quick though I meant to say we're, what kind of seat sight range seats did you have in the? Uh, it's not reliant we, yeah, anymore. Yeah, I know what yeah. they call it. Yeah, NRG. Some Stadium. other some other bank that's going to go bankrupt the next ten years. No,
0: NRG Stadium. It was a, they're uh, they're an energy. With the tech company. with a scummy Texans. Play. <laughs> yes. And um, yeah, no, that we were in the six hundred level, about the thirty five yard line. It was cool. It was uh, up high, but we had a good view. So. Did you go through
2: like a stub hub or something like that. Yeah,
0: yeah, yeah. We're talking crazy money, or I mean,
2: I won't more than you. I've ever paid for any. Well, I, event. I knew that. Yeah, that's all I knew for sure. But nothing,
0: no, like nothing that's gonna like break the bank. Like, yeah, I mean, people ask me, "How did you afford this ticket?" And I said, "I've been saving up for 41 years <laughs> of my life. Like, that's how long I've been alive. 41 years. That's how long I've been waiting for this." So,
2: well, uh, man, it must have been a thrill. It must have been cool. But uh, yeah, we'll see. God, heartbreaking.
0: Bad, but we'll be back in Minneapolis next year. So heartbreaking, but.
2: Yeah, and we'll be at uh, SunTrust Park here, before you know it, too, and down Atta here at Finley Stadium yeah, here, but for all the CFC games. Braves. Man, I appreciate you uh, jumping on here and listening yeah. to your favorite band, uh, <laughs> Moe, Mo. Captain I knew America. It. I knew it. Yeah, this was, uh, the they played at the um, uh, Brewfest, was it two years ago, maybe? And it was like 100,000 degrees. That's where my nickname came from, that you're the only one that said it, pants, Brian, because I had pants on. It was and he's wearing
0: miles. pants today, by oh, the Oh,
2: it's not that, that uh, cool. <laughs> I have a kilt on, Brian. You have a kilt on every time I see you, Ernie. (laughs) And that was the worst Mo Show I've ever seen, and it was your only Mo Show, right? only one. So, yeah. I don't like him anymore either. Ernie, thank you. Yep. It's a Stone on Air podcast recorded live to tape at the CFC, Atlanta United friendly. Tim Kelly will jump on here with me for a minute. We'll talk a little bit about all this and other things as well. Hang tight. We'll be right back.
0: Stone On Air will be right back.
1: Oh, darling, what juicy gossip I have for all
2: listeners. The Stone On Air. You're back with the Stone On Air podcast. This is Driving and Crying, February 17th at the Reverie Room. There's nothing I do. This is the most downloaded, most listened to, most easily accessible podcast in the city of Chattanooga. Thank you for finding it. Recording live to tape down at the First Tennessee Pavilion. About an hour and a half away from the CFC Atlanta United Friendly. About a year ago, a little less, I was at a Alabama Shake Show at Track 29. And in um, the week before, I was at uh, Driving and Crying. And this guy comes up to me, I never met, I kind of recognized him. But he's like, hey man, I saw you at the Driving and Crying show the other day. And I was like, okay, cool. He's like, man, you knew every word to every song. It's awesome. it like, it like I was fascinated with this band that is not obscure, but yeah. I'm a super fan. Right. Uh, my Welcome. guest is uh, Tim Kelly. Thanks for taking some time out of a busy day putting out fires, Man, small fires, yeah, small little fires. small
3: fires. Just uh, it's that's the way it is every game day. I don't care how many times we've done it. There's always, uh, particularly the first game of the season. There's always something to be un uh, you know what it.
2: When it comes to the CFC itself, do you have a specific title? I mean, uh, I
3: mean, technically, I'm the chairman. This year, we 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 are tr- trying to get more organized, and so uh, yeah, finally at the point where you really need fancy. to be. I mean, but yeah, that's right. You know, we've had to get more organized, but so I'm I'm the chairman this year. We'll see. You know, I'm. We don't even know. <laughs> I'll maybe the chairman next year. We may rotate it out again. Who knows? But. Uh, but, you know, I mean, I do, uh, you know, I write the game script. I do the music list. I do a lot of the marketing. We all just kind of do what we yeah. gotta do to get it done, you know.
2: It's interesting in, in, in professional sports in America, it's complete opposite when it comes to soccer, and I guess because of it's more cultural and global. Uh, but exhibition games seem to matter yeah. in, in soccer, in, in all other American sports, and, and, and including also minor league exhibitions and minor league, other than the bells and whistles for the kids at a minor league game, it's not really important. Yeah. Nobody really cares, and especially exhibitions, preseason football. Nobody cares. You're right? Spring training baseball is just so you can go to Disney before you go to the game. Yep. But when soccer plays, when when football plays exhibitions, they truly seem to mean something. They do, and I
3: think I think it's because. It's not canned. You know, a lot of American sports, very frankly, are sort of canned. You know, they're, they're kind of overproduced. And 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 really, I think they're interesting uh, friendlies. You know, exhibitions are interesting because they are a clash of cultures as much as of teams, right? Sure. I mean, soccer teams tend to have this supporter culture around them. Um, that other American sports don't have so uh, there's
2: a level of pride that even with in, a, in United States sports we still have a lot of pride yeah but it's a, it's just again culturally different
3: it is yeah it's hard
2: to explain without feeling it
3: is you do see it in the NFL a fair amount but not but I mean it's got to scale up pretty I mean in other words it's got to be a pretty big city. You know, to I mean, Packers fans. You think about those guys. Hey, they definitely have a very strong culture. Um, but it's more evident even in smaller teams in soccer. Yeah.
2: Sure. Take me back. We started uh, this little couple run last week for the uh, for the yeah. U.S. Men's team. I think I was in. I think it was New Year's weekend. You can correct me if I'm wrong. I was in Nashville, and I saw the poster saying "we're big announcement coming, yeah. I think, the first couple of days of January, correct? So I was even thinking, man, I usually have the inside dirt. What's going on here? How do I not know this? It happened very fast. And so, yeah, that was, I guess my question is because it's the beginning of January, and all of a sudden these two pretty marquee games are in now a month. Yeah. Usually, you're when something big is announced, no matter what the event is, it's it's off in the distance. That's right. So, yeah. how did this come together at the end of last year? It's
3: completely wrecked my schedule too. So, <laughs> believe me when I tell you, this is usually when we're kind of kicking back and getting ready for May and selling sponsorships at a fairly leisurely pace. And yeah, I mean, look the the U.S. national team game, thanks to Bill Nuttall, um, who who uh, is one of our board members who just happened to move here because his daughter and his granddaughter live here. Um, he, uh, you know, he's got great connections with U.S. Soccer. He was instrumental in, le- in getting the women's team uh, here last August, and they wanted a game on turf. Um, and they haven't
2: played on turf in
3: what? Many, many years. A couple, many years. A couple decades, yeah. I thought. Right. So there are a lot of reasons for that. It's a podcast unto itself, probably. Um, but and, and I think they also wanted to. They look. They'd had some some bad, bad poorly attended games in, in major markets. And they wanted to get out there. They're playing the in, in normal, giant football stadiums. Right, too. Totally, yeah. In Dallas and they were wearing out the same old venues in Chicago and Dallas and LA. So look, it was a great a great win for Chattanooga. Um, still, I mean, it, it wasn't until after the game that that uh, that it kinda hit me. Like in terms of the significance in the T V ratings, probably the biggest you know, sporting event in Chattanooga history. I DVR'd it; uh, it looked incredible on TV. It was, it was pretty incredible. I, I left mean, at halftime. I have yeah. to say, it was awfully cold. It was cold as hell. <laughs> it was, I, as I was cold I, as anything it I've took done me Like long two hour. hours to warm up, so I'm, I'm, I'm gratified. I think we had. They said the number was seventeen nine or something. It looked full. It looked full to me, man. I mean, it's with with the people in the end zone and uh, uh, rather on the hill. It yeah it looked like pushing nineteen, but they had a game in San Diego, of course, which was a much larger market uh the previous week and a
2: seat seat qualcomm right, or exactly
3: and and i think we outdrew them and that's all you know look it was a great event for chattanooga and we were lucky to have it and in this game you know we've we've been talking to atlanta but, you know, uh, those guys came up i'm a big tottenham hotspur fan and darren eels who's their general manager used to be the gm for tottenham and uh, they came up last year for the women's national team game just to, you know this is they're just getting started this is in fact yeah, their are- very first game and yeah. so, uh, you know, we became friendly with them, and uh, I think the original idea was for for them to come up and maybe play River Plate to play an Argentine team here. Uh, that fell through, and so we just said, "Well, hell, we'll see if we can scrape a team together and play you guys." And. Uh, i leave the coaching decisions to uh, the coach and the general manager, Sean McDaniel. You know, hopefully it's a competitive game. I mean, we'll at- Atlanta's
2: going to be playing in the new Mercedes-Benz stadium. Yes. Absolute, if you haven't seen the renderings of this, Unbelievable. It, is, it makes Jerry World, uh, the Cowboys stadium, look like just a regular old stadium. Yeah, um, like and Finley. And it, it's 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 pretty impressive and owned by Arthur Blank, yes. owner of the Falcons. Correct. So This is big This is big league stuff. Who will be here today, incidentally. Will he? Yeah, Arthur Blank's going to be here. Oh, wow. Yeah, we
3: had to have special, you know, You'll be
2: billionaire dancing on the sideline I like he was a week know. ago. Oh, yeah, I think he's probably, <laughs> probably pretty He may
3: have jinxed it. He
2: could have jinxed it. I'm told uh,
3: there may be a sign in the stadium that says you were up by 26 points.
2: <laughs> that would be hilarious. Yeah, it would be. But I love that, the man. I got no problems it. with him, but that would be funny. Yeah. Is it fair to say that that this is a somewhat of a cross-promotion where Atlanta thinks they can grab Chattanooga?
3: Absolutely to be fair to say. That's exactly it. right? So we're all just kind of, I mean, there's not much chance of us I mean, North is a, a pretty significant battleground in terms of fan support, right? Rome, Dalton, that area. A lot of people here from Rome and Dalton. You know, we're doing a sample check on ticket sales and, and trying to figure out are we going to get totally swamped by Atlanta fans or what's going on? You see a ticket sale in Dalton or Rome, we don't know whether that's a yeah. CFC fan or an Atlanta fan. So we'll see when that stadium fills up how uh, lopsided it is, one way or the other. But I think we sold uh, last time I checked we had like 4,500 tickets sold before any walk-ups, plus over a thousand of season passes for us, which is a I mean, we sold 500 before our Jersey Reveal Party last year, so we're on a we're on an incredible pace in terms of uh, in terms of the season ticket sales. So we should have a hell of a crowd
2: today. Tim Kelly, the chairman of the CFC, I'll let you get out of here. Ernie, no who I just talked to, uh, said to ask you about the goal he scored on you in the uh, yeah. in the rec leagues or something. That's
3: it. I mean, he you know I, I play adult league still, and it's a. Uh, thankless job being a goalkeeper, you know, you, you go to sleep for one second <laughs> and a guy in a kilt puts a ball past you, you know. Yeah, um, he's a good player, Ernie, you know. He, he I bet he's talented sure. in a lot of other he, ways, yeah. so I'm sure he, he can do that as he well. Is, yeah.
2: uh, and one more thing, schedule announcement. I see, uh, or at least, I don't know about announcement sp- specifically, but I noticed it's not out yet for the, or I, I didn't see it when Next I looked the other week. day.
3: you heard it here first. Next week. Next week, week we, it will be announced. Yep. So that'll
2: be the week of February 13th. Yeah, exactly. Uh, and
3: then, so, and with that, we'll be announcing, uh, we should have two exhibition games this year. We'll have an exhibition game, Memorial Day weekend against a famous Mexican opponent. We'll leave it at that. But we'll famous Mexican that. opponent. Yeah, we'll, we'll leave it at that, and, and we'll announce that next week as well. All right, Tim Kelly, thank you very thank much you, for man. stopping
2: by. Thank you. Appreciate it a lot. This is the Stone on Air podcast. On all social media is at Stone on Air. Check me out. Thank you, Tim. Get back to work. And uh, so there you go. Schedule comes out in the middle of the second week of February. And uh, looking forward to seeing the, the home and away matches and uh, appreciate you guys. I know this has been kind of fluffy just talking about soccer and football and baseball and all that, but uh, that's just kind of what the point was, to come down here and, and hang out. They're about to get together and do their big drum circle. I might even do a secret Internet-only segment with the drummings going on right to my right and see what that sounds like. it would be for the Internet only. I'll be right back. My name is Brian Stone. This is Stone on Air.
3: Up. I'll go ahead and make sure you get another copy of that memo.
2: Alright, well I told you it might be pretty loud. This is the super-secret internet-only segment. The uh, Chattahooligans are right now waving the flags, beating on the drums, making the noise while all the Atlanta MLS people kind of look over here and think, huh? They got some drums going, too. This really is a, a really big deal. I mean, it's, this is Major League Soccer. This is the pros. This is the professionals. Arthur Blank owns this team. He's in town. He's here at the game, as you heard Tim Kelly say earlier. I will wrap this up in seconds because I know it's so loud. But MLS is here with uh, in Atlanta representatives. they got camera crews. They've got all their sponsorships. It's going to be a lot of people here. And this is cool to be able to host this. So I'm glad to be a part of it and hang out. Listen to this. I'm telling you, these guys take this stuff seriously. They get all together. They do these chants. And then uh, Galen Riley, um, he's kind of the... You've got know, the conductor, even though he's not L conductor, there's an actual L conductor as well. But then they go marching into the stadium all together at once. It's actually pretty impressive. So CFC schedule comes out in the middle of the second week of February. CFC, chattingFC.com, I believe is how you find that. I'm going to head on and uh, go into the game here as they march their way in. And I appreciate you guys finding the show. This is the most listened to, most downloaded, most easily accessible podcast in the city of Chattanooga. This has been the super secret internet only segment. Like, share, and always love. Rate and review when you get a chance. See you guys later. Bye.